0: conversations connecting collectors and art enthusiasts audio galleries hello everyone GMGM. GM. Welcome to Audio Galleries in Conversation with. Uh, I'm your host, Benjamin White. Uh, thanks for coming out at fairly short notice. I uh, Jake did actually agree to come up and speak with me about, <laughs> about a week ago, and then uh, I completely forgot to schedule the spaces. So, um, But it's great to have so many of you here, and uh, I'm really looking forward to this. So uh, for those of you who don't know me, um, I'm Ben White. Uh, I have a Twitter Spaces show, which I host usually on Sunday evenings, uh, called Audio Galleries. Uh, And uh, that's kind of like attached to a project I run where we interview amazing artists who are releasing incredible work via the blockchain each week. And um, during the show, we also launch an edition Mint with them. So just a very quick disclaimer, <laughs> we are not releasing a Mint this evening with Jake, despite me asking, <laughs> um, but I'm a realist uh, and I am just so thrilled that um, Jake's agreed to come up and, uh, and chat with me this evening. This evening for me, hey Jake, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, Yeah, very going? well,
0: thanks. Thanks for agreeing to come on and chat with me, I really appreciate your
1: time. Yeah, and I'll speak to that. I Thank you for having me without having me mention oh, anything. Oh, no, it's all good. Uh, we can bring it up in the conversation. But, yeah, that's a big – that's one of the biggest kind of things artists have to deal with now in the space is just there's so many different opportunities Absolutely. to put out different things and just being really careful about it is something I take very really uh, yeah, seriously. I,
0: I completely get it. and And, you know, it's really interesting because as a concept, like the idea that I've had is to try and, like, partner up artists with a community of people that – want to i guess collect artwork and and trying to make it a little bit more accessible for them but some artists are kind of like you know they're in a position where actually an additional community helping them out to that end is you know really actually really convenient and and others are are you know on a different you know a different level and and in a different position and actually it's one of the things i really wanted to speak to you about actually with all of all of this going on at the moment with edition minting is kind of like, you know, I'm really, I'm really interested in understanding your view on supply and on like how that, how that works and and, and how you get to it. But let's, we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, I guess the first thing to do really is just to say, hello, Jake, Um, perhaps you could introduce yourself to the audience and just give us a very
1: quick overview of who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. My name is Jake Freed. I'm an artist. I live in Boston in the States. Um, I'm a professor of animation. Um, So really long story short, I've been an artist for a long time. Um, And I started as a traditional painter. Reworking my images sort of led me into moving image work and animation. And so I basically essentially make fine art experimental animation. Um, And for most of my career, I've been teaching, showing at film festivals, um, having my work licensed, for events and concerts and, and shows, um, doing some commissions for um, television and advertising. Um, but for the most part, just kind of making my own independent artwork, um, which led me into the NFT space. And we can talk about it more, but my work is kind of perfect for what we're doing here, where it's it's digitally native. It's always kind of lived online. It is fine art, but it's it's not a traditional medium or format. So it doesn't have an easy fit into sort of existing marketplaces and and communities and, and stuff like that. So um, while the space is growing and exploring, my work is sort of a perfect fit for it. And I'm sort of exploring how my work grows within the space too. And it sounds like you want to talk about Absolutely. that more. But, um, a, a big part of that is just other people and how to organize people around your work. It's
0: tough, right? <laughs> and it's it's something yeah. that I think a lot of artists are finding their way with. And it's certainly something that I uh as a, you know, I'm not an artist. I would love to have been, I'd love to have been talented enough, but I am a good communicator. And so, like, I see myself as having a role in helping facilitate that whole process. So, yeah, I'd love to get into that with you in a little bit.
1: Yeah, totally. So I've kind of lived like a double life a bit for the past, you know, 15 years where my day job is being an educator, right? Teaching art. Um, and I started as a museum educator at the Museum of Fine Arts Here and then became a a full-time professor but the kind of teaching and then working on my own work at home like there's overlaps obviously but it was never like directly overlapped and in the space it's like I get to be an artist talk about art teach art communicate with other artists and it's all sort of intertwined it's all the same thing um so for me I'll just say in general like this has all been very organic and I'm, I'm really letting the work um and like the world around it kind of lead me to where it wants to go um but it does feel like the past couple of years for me has been sort of like bringing all these different aspects of my life into one role, into one thing. And not to like brand myself, but into like Jake Fried, the person, the brand, um, and not have all these kind of separate lives. I think that's great. Through, or surrounding yeah. Art. Yeah.
0: <laughs> And I'm... So let's, let's go back a step because it's, it would be really easy now to just run and be like, let's talk about 2021 till now. <laughs> but why don't we go back before that? Like, I'd love to understand maybe a little bit more about your background or your uh road to becoming an artist. I actually I did a tiny bit of research on you before we started. We're the same age, born in nineteen eighty four. So uh so oh, yeah. I'd love to know um yeah like a little bit of your route to becoming an artist. That's something I'm really fascinated in all of these conversations.
1: Yeah, great. Um so I could talk a really long time so feel free to come. No not at all. You carry on. Okay. Yeah. Born in the eighties. I am i don't know how deep to go. Like I had a, a really good art education growing up. I always knew I wanted to be an artist. I've talked about this a lot in different interviews, but essentially like the mystery of life and like, what are we doing here? Um, my most profound kind of experiences when I felt really alive, they were always around like these powerful creative art experiences. And it was just like pretty obvious to me and still is every day that there's like something really special there that when I, I devote time to it and engage with it, it it gives me life and it gives me meaning. And it's it's just like, I've never really had a question. It. I've always known it's like really good for me. And it's it's like my home base. And I, I really still feel this way when I'm making art. I really feel alive and like I'm my true self. So I just like being in that state. Um, but yeah, I, I was born in Chicago. I, I moved around in the Midwest growing up. Um, and my, you know, Middle school, elementary school, I was always, like, art class was my thing. I was always good at it. My teachers always liked me, and I was lucky to have creative people around me who were mentors. And even, like, my grandfather and my mother were were, um, not professional artists, but were making art all the time and talking about art. I really loved art. So, like, being in museums growing up and going to, like, art classes at colleges growing up. Um, Kind of my origin story was I went to RISD. Some people might be familiar with it, a really good art school in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, when I was a teenager, it was like an arts summer camp. So clearly like when I was 15, I was ambitious enough to like, I want to go to the best art school over the summer during high school. Um, and that's where I finally got to meet people from around the world who were kind of like me. I got to have teachers who were all professional artists. Um, I got to be on like a real, like, you know, world-class, um, art school campus. I saw like Roger Waters perform live there, you know, yeah. Floyd. lots of, <laughs> um, lots of psychedelic experiences that were were really kind of important when you're 15. <laughs> um, and I mean, it's a cra- I could go into forever. One of my teachers, um, I don't want to get too deep, but like he was a graffiti artist and sort of like a really cool performance artist. Um, he was famous for doing, um, he lived in like the Providence mall in like a secret space for a year. He built a whole like housing unit under in the sub, in the sewer system of Providence. So he just kind of like took me around and like showed me all this crazy <laughs> shit. There's a place called Fort Thunder. Which was an abandoned warehouse in Providence, where a bunch of artists um, squatted and were doing like you know underground comics and stuff. So I just felt like this kind of you know I was 15, 16, This older generation was like, "You're one of us. This is what's going on." Um, so yeah, I came back to Ohio after that and I was like, "I don't want to go." Got to job out of high school bitten. and like, what the hell am I doing? Right? <laughs> it was like I saw this, I saw my future, and then I had to go back to like normal life in the Midwest. And yeah, so I struggled with like depression, obviously, and anxiety as a kid um and and what ultimately happened it was great uh was i I got into an arts high school, which is outside of Boston here. It's a boarding school for art and i I went to school and just studied art like full time for two years, lived on campus. all my other students there were like you know really talented classical musicians and ballet dancers and theater kids who all went on to like go to really good schools and and work for great companies and stuff. So after that I went to art school in Baltimore. Um and I was there for two years. And then that's when I, I it's kind of similar thing. I was like, I'm ready to move on. I just want to I was making art. I clearly had something going on. Um and school has always been like a push pull of kind of like holding me back. Um so yeah I dropped out of art school. I moved to North Carolina for a few years and lived in the mountains and just painted. And that's really where the animation work started to evolve from. Um, when I was finally like able to just make art kind of for art's sake, right? Not like as a kid or like in school, just like I'm, I'm a grown man. I'm making art now. <laughs> I'm going to do whatever I want. Um, I just started making these paintings and, and really just reworking them over and over again. Um essentially I think what I'm trying to do now every day and what artists try to do is like, I'm just trying to be a better artist. I'm trying to figure out like, I want to make something better. And it was like the first time in my life where I didn't give myself a deadline to finish anything. And I did realize through that kind of like, I already knew, but like kind of like rediscovered that, like, I just love the kind of what I was saying originally. I love the process of making art, like being in that state of making is when I feel really alive mm-hmm. and that's deeper for me than like the finishing the work and like everything that comes after that. Um, and so, yeah, after being in North Carolina for years, I realized like, I, I want to be back kinda, I want to talk with, about art with more people. I want to be in the city um, and I want to get a degree in something. Uh, so I went back to Boston and I, I, I went to Boston university for art history and finished up my credits there. And when I was doing that, so I was painting in Boston I obviously had to live in a much smaller space, more expensive, kind of smaller real estate in Boston from North Carolina. Um, and I started kind of my painting started shifting to drawing and I started really focusing on the time based stuff. So I was like teaching, you know, contemporary art history classes and writing and, and making my art at the same time, which is really great. I lived across the street from the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston and I started going there and I ultimately fell into a job teaching there. Um, and by the time I graduated school, I was a, f- a full-time museum educator there. Um, so I s- <laughs> try to balance it all. It's sort of like the art history, the teaching background, and the development of my animation work kind of was all kind of happening at the same time. So I think if you see my work, it's in conversation with a lot of like, you know, historical stuff and it's, it's, it references a lot of things. And it's really, I hope just like, showing a mind that's really like consuming and trying to understand like what art is well, that's great then that people level that leads yeah. really that re- leads um, really
0: nicely into a, a next question so like and thank you for sharing that like yeah. <laughs> that process i guess in in terms of
1: i'll say that just the last part yeah, of the story yeah. is i started putting the animations online and it blew up and i got a reaction that i never got from just my paintings it was sort of an immediate like this is really special so again that's another thing that aligns at the same time is like streaming video being possible and like social media it all kind of happened organically at the same time and so i just have kept, kept following that thread in different ways but basically like make art that i want to make make this weird time-based stuff um not weird but like that doesn't quite fit anywhere and just like put it out for free and see what happens yeah. and uh, it's all kind of worked out it's definitely not
0: weird and it's but it but it's absolutely your style like and it's it's so clearly your style and and you know I feel like I can tell your work the moment I see it I don't even have to question whose it is and I, I think that's that's something really striking and something you know very special um you know you'll you. you know you're seeing something really special being created when you can just immediately see who it is I hope that fire isn't for you
1: Oh, do you hear the siren? Cool. No, I'm don't in the city, about man. It. Sorry. It's it's good. Hear some Whereabouts are you <laughs> now? I don't know where you are. I'm oh, in cool. Boston, yeah. So that's part of like the process, too. I just love city life yeah. generally. Boston's a little bit more, you know, there's more teaching here, and but it's a little more uh, maintainable than New York. Sure. Um, but yeah, I really thrive on being surrounded by activity. So I live right by the freeway, <laughs> and there's just noise all the time. What, what inspires
0: you? Like, So, you know, we, we understand now a bit more about how you your route to becoming an artist but like and and we understand how you feel in the process but what inspires you to create or what 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 leads you to create particular things like I've pinned uh the deep end which is you know ob- obviously God. an amazing <laughs> amazing lengthy piece uh I showed my daughter it earlier today and she was just like she's 11 and she's an aspiring artist <laughs> and she was just like tr- transfixed God. on it um, but you know <laughs> what inspires your creativity
1: yeah well, let me just say i love that people there's something about my work it's like when you share it with someone it's like look at this and it's like some kind of secret i love that i uh i got a dm earlier about someone being at a party and like my work was up on which is a whole nother conversation we're gonna have but like someone was screening my work with some music video um and they're like oh i know this artist and i show them my work your work and it's like there's some my work has always had kind of an underground or kind of like that shared thing with being an internet kind of artist is really interesting and cool. And I love that inspiration is a tricky word. I mean, famously, you like to say like inspiration is for amateurs, right? I'm not waiting around to be inspired to make art. It is like, it's a vocation. It's something I do every day, no matter what. Um, but thankfully or whatever, like it's, 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 I want to do it every day and I kind of have to. So I I describe it more as like a, uh, an obsession or an addiction or like a curse or, um, it's like, it's like, exercise it's like i have to do it um so i don't really worry about being inspired um and this is kind of like an answer that loops on itself but like i really i the inspiration comes through working so for the most part i'm working every day things come up that are like surprising to me or i have to make choices and that's where it's like oh that thing like i've revealed to myself what i'm inspired by so it's not a conscious like i'm inspired by this let's bring it into the work it is more of like, I see the work and I realize what's been inspiring me. Um, and this is, it sounds so dumbed down, but for the most part, everything I do is a self portrait. So it's like, it's not like difficult to think about what to do. It's like, what, what am I going through? And I, I think this might be useful to non-artists to understand like art making for me is like self discovery. Um, so I'm going into it not knowing where it's going or what really I'm doing. It's like the act of doing it is me discovering myself. Uh, but looking at my work and seeing, like, what, where the inspiration comes from, um, clearly a lot of other art and medium media. media um, and I particularly like work that f- I'm just attracted to work that feels really um, – This is where language starts <laughs> to fail. Me. So I'll just no, use words that are the best, but like really authentic. Right. <laughs> We're like kind of what I was just saying. Like this, per- this artist is really trying to find themselves. Is really doing the work. Um, and if you're a creative person, I feel like mo- I feel like you can tell the difference when you're just making something, which is cool, and when you're really like trying to figure yourself out. Um, and I like work where it- at least it seems like that artist is authentically really trying to figure themselves out. Like what the hell is going on here? That attracts me because ultimately I'm like going through a lifelong existential crisis. And like when I see other people really challenging themselves and doing stuff that I, I it makes me feel good. I, I, uh, I see like real humanity. It feels like an honest, we want other people to be honest with us. Right. <laughs> We're, I'm attracted to that. Um, Absolutely. So I want to make work like that. I'm also just attracted to like labor intensive stuff. Um, there's obviously a kind of conversations about that in modernism for a hundred years about value related to effort and stuff like that. Um, but personally, like when I especially like outsider art or I see any art that's like not is really made for like an artist to almost be obsessive over something physical, um, I'm attracted to that. And I think again, because it showed like some sort of real, true human experience. And the, like the hand is in the work. It just feels real. I guess I'm, I'm right. I mean, we live in such a like a fake cultural culture, <laughs> everything's so sanitized yeah. and, and perfect. Like, I think I'm really attracted to that. Like, yeah, that what I think a lot of like, yeah, art is about and like rock and roll. It's just like real, real emotion, real craft and not even like technical skill craft, just like just real yeah. effort. And real, like someone was being like the real. word I'm, the word i'm watching um, for
0: listening yeah. to you is like grit like a real kind of a kind uh-huh. of a gritty kind of like uh determination like a dogged determination to yes. create something i i because i because yeah, I, I agree think, with you it's it's always the work i appreciate isn't
1: that, it's uh, yeah uh, this is i'm just like thinking out loud but it's like when you see great athletics or something it's the same feeling where it's like that person just put in so much so much time and effort and practice and thought into this one, like physical activity, just watching them is like magic or like beautiful. It's like beyond my comprehension, but I see this person doing it and it's just like, it. it's so moving. Um, so yeah, when I'm making art and like when I'm trying to be inspired, like I'm just trying to channel that energy, like put my real self into the work. And then the scary part. And I think the, the hardest part of being an artist is like that vulnerability where, um, we were saying my work's not weird, but like my work to me feels, uh, revealing. Sure. And that is difficult. Um, so a lot of like what I'm trying to do, I think is just trick my mind and body into like just going there every day and doing real work. And then, um, maybe that's why it was useful really useful for me as a young artist to just like, I put this stuff out for free. I'm kind of just making it. Um, I didn't put any of that pressure on my, and I still don't really of like what other mm-hmm. people will make of it. And I think they just, people like it because that's why I'm approaching it that way. I'm
0: curious because Um, uh, you say you go into it kind of, so my assumption, particularly looking at the deep end, is that that would be a very scripted piece for you. Like before you even went into the business of creating that, like you would have thought, okay, so initially I'm going to create this bit and then that's going to happen. And then there's a bit where like, a whole bunch of rocket ships or planes, like suddenly it is plane, it's airplanes actually like yeah. circle around it. And, and, and I think we well, surely you've, you've thought about that before, <laughs> before it started happening. So are you saying that that no, whole thing is unscripted? Uh,
1: absolutely. The fun. Yeah. And that's what makes it really exciting wow. for me. Um, like that's good. So the compare it to writing or, or music it's, it's definitely unscripted or uncomposed. It's, it's, it's um, improvisational. Um, and, that for me is the joy of it. It's like, um, I, I don't want to just write as an animator, like I could just storyboard these ideas and then move on. Like, right. because there's no storyboard. It's like, th- that's the fun part. And for me, it does feel like a, like a revealing some sort of mystery. They have this sense of being scripted when they're yeah. done because I'd make them in, you know, in a sequential fashion. So like I see them develop and I start to obviously like, I think about the overall arc of what I'm making and, and, so it sort of informs what comes next. Um, and th- this is a lesson I learn over and over again. But yeah, if I ever jump ahead, like thinking about where things are going, by the time I get there in the timeline, like it's not the right choice. It's changed. And so it's really one frame at a time. Are you, are you ever That's, unhappy
0: with anything? Do you, ever, do you ever strike? Always. I'm unhappy with all
1: of
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> Silly question.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, like, it gets so much easier the older you get, I feel. I, th- I think a lot of it's just emotional maturity. But, like, the truth is making art is extremely frustrating and the general sense at the end of every day is defeat or not good enough. Um, but what I do feel, again, I'll compare it to exercise. It's like I feel spent. I feel like I put myself out there and I got it out of me and I, like, did it and it's on paper. And then, yeah, generally what happens is, like, when I'm in – I have waves of, like, you know, more positive – feelings about myself. I really do appreciate what I'm doing. and like my work. I do. I really like my work. Um, but when I'm making it, like right now I'm staring at some unfinished drawing in front of me, it's like art is unfinished until it's finished. So like the process is, it's always this unfinished thing. Um, what's useful about my process too, is that it's just so it takes so long and it's so slow that like, you just sort of forget about <laughs> <laughs> liking it or not liking it. That's like beyond the point. So like, just keep going. Give, give um, me,
0: give me context. Just keep there, making it. How, how, why so slow? So uh, the deep end as an example, I don't know if the deep end is a longer or a
1: short, you know, yes. like that's on the longer end of yeah, my thesis. So, so if you yeah. go through my work, like a minute is the minutes are like the one of ones or like the big master yeah. pieces. And they generally take like a year, give or take a few okay. months. Um, and it's it's kind of misleading. i mean i think of so every individual frame of the deep end is like a work of art in my mind so i'm making it frame by frame and you'll see if you follow my twitter like i, th- I feel like segments of these pieces are their own work mm. of art too so it's like i love that it's this one thing and i keep going with it and i just keep going with it and i essentially the only reason these films end are because the paper just becomes so <laughs> impossible to work it anymore and i just want to like make and something, something else new. i was gonna say something uh, else has to follow
0: uh because yeah. I, I did feel like with the deep end and we won't just stick to that piece, but it's just a piece I wanted to Hey, it's fine, man. That's the one that's up for yeah. sale
1: right now. That's my only one of one on primary, so happy to have you but it,
0: talk but about it. If, uh, the one oh, thing well, like, no, just for me it felt like there were there were ten opportunities, probably more where you could have stopped. And like it felt yes. absurd that you kept you kept going and, and I loved that. You know, but I'm wondering
1: I think that's part yeah, of it. Yeah, but now. how did you
0: how did you cap it? Like, at what point did you say, okay, done? And, and how did you make that decision? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, like, the development of the works. Like I said, I started by doing these just through, like, reworking paintings. So really, when I originally started making these animations, they were not animation in my mind. They were, like, time lapses of my painting evolving. And it was, it was like, I was not working intentionally to, like, bring movement to anything. It was really just, like, reworking a painting. And as I do these more and more and I've I've worked on them. So I probably started doing that originally like 2007 or eight. So I don't even know how long ago that is 15 years. Um, You do that enough. You start to be like, Oh, this is what happens when you this you do this, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I started to like, essentially like figure out how I'm animating and what I'm doing. And so there is some of that that I bring into the work. And what I realized too is like, Oh, to make these things satisfying as works of art, they need some. They need bookends. They need. They need some, right. They need like a beginning and an end, or they need some sort of like looping structure. They mm-hmm. right. Um, they can't just be this like crazy painting that just like goes all over the place and is which what most time lapse looks like. Right, if someone, we see this a lot in Twitter. Someone does like a digital art piece and they show the the procreate time lapse of it, it. Like it's not animated really. Right, it's just like a painting coming together. Um, what I realized after a while, was like, what not even realize one minute was I I work in essentially 24 frames per second in ones. Each frame is unique. So once you get to like over, you know, 1500 redrawing the same piece of paper, I use ink and white out. It gets really, really textured and crusty. And if you watch my films, you'll see early, early line work is relatively detailed. And when you get to the end, you can physically see there's, there's a lot of texture and that it's actually very difficult for me to get a clean line. Um, So that's one major reason. And the other is like the limitations of the internet and video and just modern attention spans. So when I first started making these one minute was like the limit, I could do it (laughs) Um, like on social, I think. Um, And uh, I also, I really deeply believe this, that like one minute is, it's not a GIF, It's not a super short film and Mm -hmm. it's, but it's also not like a short film, which I teach a lot in you know professionally which is generally like three to seven minutes. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's like I like that because I think of them as endless loops anyways, but like one minute to me is like, yeah, it's, it's in its own lane, right? It's not a GIF. It's not a short film. It's a moving painting.
0: <laughs> Somewhere nestled in the middle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I do and I do think also I have this experience when I'm making it and when I watch my own work. Where it's like the first 20 seconds wow this is really cool and yeah it does become this sense of like oh my god when does it end and i get that comments a lot and i think there's something really profound about like the medium is the message like my art more than what it looks like is that sense of like it just keeps going yeah. um and i do th- i'm trying to compare it to like maybe like a, a really good rapper you know who's just like spitting fire and they don't mm-hmm. stop like that yeah. is right That like that tingles the brain in a certain way where you're like, wow, they're really good, but they're like, they're like insane. <laughs> like, yeah. like you're saying, like they could do this forever if we let them.
0: Like a really good electric guitar riff or uh-huh. like solo that you just any think...
1: Any performance where you're like, they could keep doing this forever is yeah. like a mind fuck that I love. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, want, I want that in my own work. And, and I'm trying now, if you see, I also do these shorter loops, but even if it's, if it's a five second loop, I just wanted to feel like there's so much there that you just could stare at it forever if you, you know, if you had the time. I
0: think that's really exciting. And I love the fact that you called it your own lane and it's a really nice, I think it's a really good moment then to move into Web3 because clearly you're in your own lane in that sense. And so how did you, how did you find Web3? How did you find the blockchain? How did you, how did you? come into the space and then we'll move into like the whole super rare thing in a minute, but like, what was your entry yeah. point?
1: Yeah. So looking back, like I had heard about obviously blockchain tech. I, I've said this a lot like I'm not a financial person. Money doesn't motivate me very much. And I, for me, blockchain was mostly about Bitcoin and, and, and like financial stuff. And so it didn't like inspire a lot for me when I started hearing about NFTs in late 2020 is when I took notice mostly because people were messaging me. And like I was saying, like, obviously now and looking back, like this was kind of where I was in my career at the time and the kind of work I make, it was kind of the perfect thing for me to explore. So the most part was people messaging me. And then um, I was not on Twitter. So I was on Instagram and there were several art collectors and people in the art world who were posting about NFTs and stories and stuff. And it basically got me interested enough to see what was happening and this is the story that everyone knows about obviously i heard about nifty gateway and then the Beeple drop happened um this was probably march of 21 is when i reached out to super chief gallery which i'm sure people here now know a lot about because they've been involved for the past couple of years super chief was a gallery in new york and la and miami that showed my work as far back as like 2012 and they've always been a really cool gallery that that ex- Wasn't afraid to explore like, you know, internet video art, um, performance art, like um, a lot of stuff that I think is the most interesting kind of creative work being done in the last decade, two decades, but wasn't like, again, fitting into the the traditional gallery scene. So they would show my work. And then I saw that they had opened or were opening Super Chief uh, Gallery NFT. And so at the time, I was like, oh, my God, someone I know in the art world, right? This is, I've known this one since I got in the space, and I, every day now, it's like, who do you trust? Um, you want to work with trusted people in a new space like this where everything's new. Yeah. Um, and it's like, okay, I, I trust their curation. I know them, and they have a gallery space in New York, and we could do something. So I talked to them, and then uh, I joined Twitter in the end of May 21. And that's, I feel like now, like, you're not really in the NFT space if you're not on Twitter. So <laughs> that's when it like, that really way. started. So I think I joined like May 25th of so almost two years ago and i was like i got you know i have my first nft drop in july at super chief gallery um
0: and and up to that point then your work had been uh, so you you'd obviously been posting i guess you know online and things like that but how had your artwork existed
1: yeah so for the in like the in the f- more fine art, like, video yeah. experimental animation world, Vimeo was the place. Right. Um, there, that's a whole longer story. But, yeah, Vimeo kind of – we're seeing some of these Web 2 things die out. So I've, like, lived a few cycles on the internet and seen things come and go. But Vimeo was massive for my career and a lot of um, – like, Joe Pease, was blowing up in the space. Like, that's where a lot of us knew about each other's work. And really now – I mean, it's very hard to navigate if you don't know what you're doing. But still, Vimeo is a place where, like, high-end art – animation and video lives and can be discovered um, and hopefully those servers stay alive. Uh, So Vimeo, YouTube to a lesser extent, because YouTube has always been a bit more like mainstream and like not as like, you know, it's advertised based and stuff. Reddit was huge when, I don't know if Reddit's that huge anymore, but there was a while where my work was being shared on Reddit and getting a lot of um, views, Facebook until Facebook kind of fell off. Um, and then the big one was these experimental f- uh, film festivals. And, you know, I've been at Sundance. My work was screened at like a Saatchi and Sashi showcase at Tate Modern. I've been in hundreds of film festivals. There's a whole niche world out there for short films and short experimental film. Um, and that's been my my main community and where a lot of my work's been seen. I mean, I've been juxtaposed magazine, all those kind of like yeah. s- street culture meets art kind of world stuff. Um,
0: and, and have you been able yeah. to bring... Have you been able to bring much of that community with you? Or do you feel Not like as, you've, I mean Do you feel like yes you created no. a new community
1: here? It feels I'd say 85% of it feels new, which is cool. Not and the, the rest that other community still exists too. So they're they're yeah, that's there's really gonna be a exciting. singularity at some point. Uh, yeah. but that's what I was saying was like joining Twitter was, and we hear other artists talk about this, and I think it's kind of one of the beauties of the space, it was like starting from zero in a way, like literally zero followers right um and like yeah zero like social connections in this web 3 space um and i still feel like i'm doing it's like i have to prove my work and like show the value of it and why i belong here and paying your dues is like the wrong word but like i believe in this of course and i when i collect other artists and who i engage with but it's like this is an emerging space where i i have the opportunity to find what's going on here in a lot of ways and set an example and take advantage of this new moment. And so I care about people who are involved in the space. I care about people who show up every day. I feel like I, my work is more valuable and I'm like, because I'm here and giving back and a part of it. And that's really important to me. So I've always felt from day one here, it's like, yeah, some of these people have been, you know, bought Ethereum like five years ago. I don't just, I just showed up. Um, and I need to understand what's going on and be a part of it and be a part of the history. And, um, so, I actually think it's a, it's been a real gift for me. I've got to like reintroduce my work to new communities, and like I was saying before, I was kind of getting into this before, but just to say like I was doing well, but i I never had an, I never had a reason to cultivate a community as an artist because I wasn't really selling anything. yeah. um the only thing I was really like selling through Instagram would be like to get you know bands like Gojira to like pay me a lot of money to license my work because I saw that I was popular and it was kind of like, you know, it was good. Um, But it wasn't like the average person liking my posts, nothing you could do for me. And the truth is, I mean, I still feel this way about Instagram a bit, but it's like when everyone, it's so interesting actually to have this Instagram community and Twitter community, because it's like on Twitter, when someone's like, love your work, it's like, I I like check out who you are (laughs) and I'll look at your collection or I'll like, see who we have friends in common and i'll like respond to you and be like cool thanks on instagram it just became the habit of like cool work it's like you just get used to people saying cool work and you're just like you just like it and you move on it's like what (laughs) else am i going to do with you
0: thanks (laughs) absolutely and the fact that you and i were able to within what three tweets agree that we're gonna (laughs) agree that we're gonna have a an interview together and then you know a quick exchange of dms and now here we are i'm able to speak to someone who Well, that's the
1: truth yeah people who are in this space i know like understand this ecosystem and who i am as an artist like in a lot deeper way than my instagram followers do and um i like having i feel like i'm talking to my community when i'm like in this space which is really really nice so yeah like i still have like people love my work that's great um but like really building a community and especially like people who I feel can like really help promote my work and, and ultimately like historicize it and remember it and pass it forward. Uh, I, I said this in another space. I'll just say it out loud. Cause I'm still wrapping. I don't know how to put this well in words, but it's like as an artist, it's really fucking with my head still, but it's like selling the work is such an important part of like developing a community as an artist and like having your work be remembered. And um, I've always like, kind of shied away from you trying to monetize my work or think about my work in any financial way and now that i am it's been so useful so i don't know if it's probably a healthy thing that it took so long in life for me to think that way about it um but yeah it's been really a cool experience for me psychologically to i just feel more engaged with the real world and i care more about my community and collectors and uh i'm interested in the value of my work and like making the value having it be valuable it's it, so like a, a daily it, mission, which I love having.
0: Isn't it exciting? <laughs> yeah. I I often say to people when they ask me what what this whole Web three <laughs> thing is, I'm like, I, I I'll give like a and like a standard answer, and then I'll give like my real answer, which is like it's fucking, I, I get so excited about it, and some of them just kind of stand there. Like it, you have to immerse yourself in it to really to really get there. And so I I think it's so exciting knowing that there are so many more people that are going to get to feel this way when they figure out what we're all doing here.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh so, yeah. hundred uh, percent. So talking about other communities, right. I'm a professor. So I'm working with young people, other teachers and, at a school. They know what I'm doing in the space. Right. Um, So they see what's happening. People in the animation community who like follow my work, they know my story. They know that I like had recognizable work that I'm, my work is not you know been awarded and that like this guy is making a, a really good living and being supported in his lifetime like right now for the stuff he's been doing like people see it yeah so um all my experience with talking with students and like just with generally with other artists i really it's what everyone else in the space is saying it's just the the difficulty of um the the ecosystem right now that it's just it's it's like it's too uh it takes a lot of advanced kind of technology and, and you have to be really mm-hmm. engaged and
0: uh that's you spend a lot of time. I, love here, it. Right? I
1: mean you see people getting into it with the ordinals again right now. But when I first got into it, like that was part of the cool part of it was like what the fuck is going on here? How do I figure this stuff out? Like <laughs> I'm I'm still learning so much new stuff about it. And it's like it's imperfect and kind of still feels underground. Mm-hmm. Um and especially when I did the fake rares and, and deal with um, uh, 6529 counter potty and stuff. And like, um, that's what's cool. Like, I recognize that, like, even the space and everyone who's here right now, like, we're still early days. And yeah. like, I know the kind of person I'm at. Like, part of what makes it so exciting for me is that it's early <laughs> and that it feels experimental. Yes. And I, I really like being in experimental communities and spaces where things are still figuring itself out. And I'm, know a way I'm sort of like I get depressed thinking about it going mainstream too soon <laughs> uh, yeah, because like, I know it won't, won't ever be like this again the way it is right now
0: it's like when you when you had a a favorite album track and then they released it as a single and you're like, oh fuck now mm-hmm. everyone's gonna know it
1: <laughs> yeah dude like the weekend sort of I just listened to it the other day the weekend's first album like the the musician when that first came out, it was like so hot. And I was one of the only people like who was like listening to it and now like he's the biggest pop yeah. star in the world and I listened <laughs> back to that the work and it's like oh it still gives me those vibes of like when I first heard it but like I can it's also like oh this is the guy like that I hear on you yeah, know top 40 every day and it's like yeah, right. weird head, I can't hear it the same way I used to um,
0: so this yeah. is a good moment and we're at 45 minutes so I, I want to be respectful of your time Jake you call for him a little bit longer yeah totally great so um this now is a good opportunity, I think to segue into where we started, which is where we were talking about like supply and additions and super rare and you know like i'm I'm curious because you are in you know i'll say the fortunate position but clearly very well hard worked for the position, but where you're you kind of like you stand on the precipice of. Um, or you stand on the borderline between this exciting new underground, you know, piece, and also like fine art. Like it feels like you're right there on like on the edge, which is must be very exciting. And so I'm wondering, like, how do you play it? Like, what do you because you say you are unscripted when you're creating your work? Like, are you unscripted in terms of what the next six, twelve, twenty four months looks like, or do you have Do you have a bit of an idea of how you want to take the space on?
1: Yes and no. So (laughs) (laughs) uh, the the biggest lesson, first of all, is like this space moves in. It's so volatile, (laughs) right? Uh, Yes. uh, That the best thing you should do, anybody in this space, is sort of ride the waves and just kind of don't try to swim against the current too much in any right? You're going to drown, like Mm -hmm. just kind of ride. That's the way I feel. It's like a wave pool. I'm in a, I'm in a life preserver thing. And I'm just sort of like, you know, keep my head above water watching what's happening. Um, And what's really wonderful is like, I've gotten past the stage of like, is this thing just going to die completely? Is this just a a fad kind of thing? Right. I feel like every day that goes by and definitely the last 18 months, it's been like, this is definitely not going away no matter what this is leading somewhere. And like you said, like this is a perfect kind of, uh, bridge to just the general, like art history. I'm an artist recognized in my period, whatever that means historically Mm -hmm. that there's no, like I'm on the internet or I'm doing this. I'm a filmmaker. I'm not just an artist. Like I'm an artist period. Um, this helps. And this it's all kind of related. Um, it can sound really crass, I think, to talk about my like professional ambitions because, like, really, what I want to do is just make the best work and have it be seen by as many people as possible. And like I was saying, have it be as valued as possible. Yep. Uh, beyond that, I'm a pretty like smart person and calculated and know what the hell I'm doing here. And mm-hmm. Not fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, if anyone thinks like my success in the space just sort of like fell in my lap, like, no, it did not. No, clearly not. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, and and it doesn't for anyone really like there i no. guess there are, there are a few kind of like fluke
1: moments but not not from a consistency point of yeah, view yeah and i'd say the the reasons that i've been successful are things that would lead to success in other are not really exclusive to web3 yes yeah, <laughs> so I the get first that. one yeah the first one is just like hard well like, there's several i'm an older guy i'm 38 i get the general vibe that like that's not that's kind of mid range for like age in the space but maybe a bit older than a lot of the artists that we're seeing really struggling to like make it in the space and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have a lot of advantages of just like, I really do feel like I've already, I already know my work is special and important. Um, And it's really more about the the goal of like making sure other people know that. (laughs) Yeah. Where I'm not proving it to myself. And I get the sense that a lot of other artists are trying to prove it to themselves, which is a whole nother level um, and makes it a lot harder to navigate the space. That's fascinating. Um,
0: yeah um i it also it also means i'm older than you jake which is really really depressing i'm uh, older God, than everybody in the space <laughs> for a few
1: more months <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, i love that can i just say because again we're born in the same year like as an artist i've generally and a professor i've kind of felt like the young guy my whole life Um, uh, this is one of those first stages where it's like i finally like have the level of maturity and like life experience to like Oh my god this new right I'm sure a lot of people feel that way in the space or in their late 30s to late 40s or like I was made for this moment right
0: You're right actually I,
1: I grew it, up in the 90s with the internet like I, I've seen this coming my whole life
0: Yeah um, like you say like this is our this is our third time round right uh-huh. <laughs> And uh, and um that's a really really interesting way of looking at it and I think it becomes a bit of a superpower actually in the space when you're able to navigate those things kind of commercially and you're able to to kind of see the wave coming. So I'm, I'm curious and I don't, yeah, I don't like, want to oh,
1: go. On. I can get into a bit more specifics really quickly. Just yeah. The way I kind of like, as an artist kind of figured out how to get in the space. Like I was saying, I had that first drop at super chief in New York. Um, not knowing, cause again, I didn't really have any like Twitter presence and I didn't have any, um, friends who are like NFT collectors or really like collectors who were collected digital art, uh, like that yet. Um, and thankfully the show sold out. So like the word got out and it got, you know, people found out about it. And my, my first one of one sold to a guy named Gabe Santos, who's in the space he's a collector. Um, and he did what we see now is like part of the beauty of this space. And what I've done for other artists and we'll continue to do, it's like, we, we talked, he bought my one of one and we like had a, we talked about it. Right. We talked about where things are going and how he could, you know, help me understand what's happening here. Um, And he literally, like this is not a joke, Um, the next day I got a call with Super Rare, with Casey from Super Rare, who's now a very good friend of mine. A lot of people know him. Um, And then the day after that, I got a call with Noah Davis from Christie's, who's now the the CryptoPunks lead. So it was like two pretty big curators uh, in the space, possibly still two of the biggest kind of fine art. Um, Tastemakers So that was super useful right Yeah (laughs) Um, And that's (laughs) when I learned Like super rare is where it's at Right you don't have to be on Twitter Long and this was like I mean just think about July 21 this is when everything Was happening it's like when GM started when board apes were you know Blowing up and punks Mm -hmm. were blowing up and um, Super rare was blowing Up Um, and Getting on super rare was really hard And so I got on super rare and then I was like, I definitely, again, it was like, there was definitely a bull market thing going on. And I understood what was happening in the space. And I was, I was following art blocks and a lot of generous stuff. So I just really thought deeply about, I knew immediately the super rare Genesis is like really important. I think I still like write these kind of Genesis moments are really important in in this space. Yeah. Um, in general, um, So, yeah, then I I dropped Night Vision, which we're not going to have enough time, but like has ultimately been a very kind of like one of my signature pieces in the space Mm -hmm. and generally as an artist and like my PFP is a reflection of that piece. um, And it was sort of like my my super rare Genesis dropped in August of 21. And that's when I first kind of got into the like real negotiations with collectors about prices for one of ones. And I think that's part of my success in the space, too, is like. I took it seriously from day one. Yeah. <laughs> Getting right collectors, you know, navigating like prices and, and that's really right. That's like not what artists are typically comfortable doing. No, um, and,
0: and in this space, absolutely yeah. not with anonymous like,
1: people. I mean, it was yeah. also weird at first. Um, what I, I learned though, is that when I keep relearning, just be authentically myself, really, stand up for what I think my work is worth, and what I think like in the space and um, basically look at the way collectors behave and the other stuff they collect and what they say to you when you talk to them. And if you find collectors who are willing to give you what you want and you feel like can offer you, especially at this early stage, like benefits, like um, then it's easier to say yes. Versus again being a traditional artist where you just like whoever buys your work, buys your work, whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You don't even have any say in it at all. Mm. Or, like, you really don't even, like think about it that deeply, at least when you're at emerging stages. Um, so, yeah, I sold my Super Rare one of one for a lot. Yeah. And that's kind of really useful. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got into it all, like you're saying, it kind of happened immediately, right? Then I got into um, Art Basel with Super Rare. And that was like the first time my work had actually been, like, at, you know, in Miami on sale, like part of the art fair. Uh, and kind of being part of that scene and like, yeah, it, it kind of was all like, this is, the truth is like we just needed this sort of like marketplace and and um, we needed for me like the Ethereum marketplace to really get like my work into the, the more fine art conversation and on the sales side of things um, yeah. and then going to Miami that's the other thing like that I clearly learned really early on is like these in real life things are super valuable and I love I don't know if you can tell, but I love talking. I love art. I love the scene. I love what's going on. I, could, I just love being a part of it. So, yeah, when I go to these events, I just really love connecting with people. And if there's artists I really like, I really want to make, I, I make it a point to like yeah, uh, make relationships with them. <clears throat> and having awesome. other artists that you respect kind of in your circle and other collectors is all super valuable. Um, and
0: Well, that leads on to another nice question then which is like, you know, I, I, I won't ask again what inspires you, but maybe I'll ask what you collect. Like, what work being created in the space do you really appreciate at the moment?
1: Yeah, I actually posted the four most recent pieces that I bought last night on my feed. If you go to my profile. Let me find um, it. I'll, uh, I'll pin it. You can retweet that, yeah. It's four works by different artists. I mean, it's even from my own work, obviously, but when I buy work, especially sharing it on Twitter. I'm always like, ah, oh, it looks like sh- it doesn't, it's so much better than this, especially when you share multiple pieces. It's like, you're looking at a, a literal like quarter of an inch image. Um, but you can go through, uh, I'm at Jake freed underscore vault on uh-huh. open C, If you want to see my vault collection. Um, the main thing that I'm featuring here is like, I, co- I collect my own editions, and that's been something that I've gotten in the habit of doing, more recently, in a serious way, I actually went back. So I didn't mention this, but that Super Chief show was one one of one and two editions of thirty each. I've been through the space long enough to hear that editions were a terrible idea when I first dropped, and now I feel like that was kind of looking back, probably the perfect sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, thirty is a really nice number for my work um, to have, you know, retain a lot of value, but to bring in enough new collectors um, and have some liquidity on secondary. Um, yeah. Now, yeah, for, pe- for people yeah. to be
0: brave enough to say, yeah, go on,
1: I'll get one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. I agree. Uh, and I just said, like, uh, the edition I, put, I released a month ago today has had f- an edition of 100 that has 45 secondary sales, which is probably, I mean, ultimately kind of bad. Like, why are people flipping it so much? <laughs> uh, all for a profit. But um, mm. I get what's going on in the space and I, I get what's happening. But uh, you can buy my editions and kind of feel like you can resell them. And you can for a profit yeah when uh one of ones i've i've had i've sold seven one of ones i still have not had a one of one secondary that's totally understandable um at the levels they're at and it's been a really short time period so i don't really want people to resell them but um the work i collect it's a i'd say like i'm not well it really depends on the artist and the artwork And there's certain artists in the space that I really, really appreciate and love. And like I was mentioning before about being involved in the space, I generally tend to collect from artists that I see are really involved in the space. And I generally collect from artists that I've been following for a long time before I buy their work. I'm not sure other people understand that enough. So my whole behavior in the space is not about like this post or this going to like NFT NYC is going to lead to this sale. But it's like the accumulation of like just being in the space. I know collectors are like seeing my work and like when you decide to buy, it kind of it's the right piece or the right time or you just can't help yourself anymore. Um, so literally the, a lot of the artists I've collected, I've like I'm I know I want to collect their work. I sometimes, you know, when I'm, like, drinking late at night, like, go on their OpenSea pages and, like, (laughs) try to be a DJ and find deals. I've gotten better at that, right? Like, it took me so long to figure out these weath bids, like, how to manage that. But it's like, (laughs) oh, a lot of this stuff I can buy. You just kind of, like, know what the hell you're doing. And Mm -hmm. look at some of the people who hold it and, like, how they're behaving. Um, So I'm getting smarter, like, about that stuff. Um, But then often a lot of times it's just, like, it just clicks. So, God, this is one anecdote. I'll just say I don't I doubt they're here right now, but Mila is a, a, an artist who um, is actually, I believe dating another artist I collected from. So I don't know if that's how I originally started following them, but they were kind of like resharing each other's work, but I've just seen her experimenting. Um, i like her Kitisavi is the other artist and I really like his work. He's some of, I bought some of his one-on-ones on super rare and really think he's a really fascinating, interesting artist. Um, and I've just been watching her work develop this this, and really fascinating. I think like there's something for me again, as an educator and just like, I, this goes against what people are keep saying in the space or whatever, like stick to a style or blah, blah, blah. It's like, yo, if you're in the space for two years, I'm going to watch your work evolve. And Mm. there's actually like a lot to learn about the way work evolves or the way an artist Evolves the wrong word because it, it suggests that we're like constantly. Like it's like like a you know just goes up or goes in one direction. But like the way their their journey happens as an artist, um, and they just released this piece uh, called Fools a couple of days ago, and just like it clicked in my mind. I was like, they just like they just hit something really special. It really works for me as an image. Like I really dig it. It's obviously super not obviously, but it's like super affordable because I feel like they're still kind of like. Um, finding their, their collector base and their voice. And uh, it was an easy buy for me. And then, yeah, I, they, I talked with them and I was like, this, this clicked like immediately and blah, blah, and I Not that it's like you, artists should not respond to like what sells, blah, blah, blah. But obviously artists respond to like what is working in their work for other people. Like I was saying, like with my animation work, it's like the world was telling me this is really interesting and like, yeah you get encouragement from things that people like. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, I can already, like you could see what this artist, like just me liking it is special, but like I'm buying it and like, they can like build off of that energy and like kind of keep developing this work. So I really like that. Um, so I don't know if you, you did, you posted it. Yeah. So these are four artists. Um, well, all? Th- I mean, I'll just show for them. I think they're all super undervalued. Uh, and some, a lot of the, couple of these artists I own multiple pieces so that is when there's an artist I really really love then I buy one of their pieces and I go if I really love this work like why I mean it's like I'm not just collecting trading cards like I, I want to go deep with them and so sure. I do feel like there's artists I'm going to collect like the more I collect of a certain artist is kind of a sign that I really dig them and mm-hmm. really believe in their work um and then there, yeah there are artists where I just I just like have to own one of your pieces because it's it's it always ties into like because i think it's going to be more valuable ultimately because i really like it um i'm just looking at my vault right now like (laughs) ben zank like some of you guys know ben zank here like i don't i don't i don't really like collect photography necessarily i'm not like it's just like i love ben (laughs) i've met him i love his work i love his whole vibe i think his work is like just so iconic and interesting and um kind of nostalgic for me there's something maybe midwestern and jewish and sort of like about it um for me um where it's like i can't i cannot be in this space and not own a ben zank like i'm a hack and then this (laughs) this moment happened where like again i'm learning as a collector like when sentiment is really bad in the space go buy art because like no one's there and like i got a ben zank one of one for like something ridiculous Um, oh really yeah so um let's look Uh, i have to go on foundation It was definitely no more than like three or four ETH or something. Um, So that's why I collected. There's a story behind everything. I could tell you the story behind all of them. Ruben Wu is another one. Like I have to own a root Like he's just too good and too close of a friend. uh, And just like, uh, so what I've said this before, I, what I really love, I like to look at art every day. I like to talk about art. It's what I do for a living besides making it. Mm -hmm. Something really special about putting your money where your mouth is when it comes to art. Um oh, and clarifying for me what I really identify with. That's the right word. It's not whether I like it or I think it's worth a lot of money or I want to flex. It's like, what do I identify with? Kind of like making art. Like, who am I? <laughs> I I'm that. in this space. I'm surrounded by art and artists. This shit's all going around all around me. I have the cap. I want to buy. I want to support. I want to collect. What do I do? And it's all an act of like self- like trying to um yeah, figure out who I am.
0: That's fascinating. And I'm really grateful for you sharing it. I think it's a fantastic way of looking at it. Um certainly so, many of us I think can take something from that. Uh I know that I certainly am in terms of the the collection that I'm trying to build through the audio galleries vault. So every time we do one of these mints and the uh the small percentage that comes back to the project i'm trying to build up a bit of a vault um of work that i appreciate and trying you know help creators keep creating so yeah thanks for sharing that um we're at an hour jake so i think it might be time to um to stop it there although i do feel like i could probably talk to you for hours <laughs> so uh but but i want to be respectful of your time and of everyone else's time that's uh that's come out to join us here this evening for me and this afternoon for you. So um, any any final thoughts from you, Jake? Uh, I always like to give people the option for that. So there's no question here, just uh, anything you want to say.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. I always want to say, again, kind of repeating what you were saying before, but like, let's not forget how incredible this space is and this mm. moment is and how lucky we are and that it's, it's really easy to get lost in the noise and the negativity sometimes around here. And it's just amazing. And I'm just so grateful for everyone who's listening to me right now and just following me on Twitter and collecting my work and just being a part of this with me. It just means the world to me. um, And I really appreciate it. So thank you for having me on today and letting me talk.
0: Well, thanks, Jake. Um, I will be turning this into a podcast episode. Uh, It will go on to my podcast. So I'll forward you a link and you can share it with everyone as well. Um, But I do really appreciate you coming on this evening. Uh, I do have an audio galleries episode coming up this Sunday, with an incredible artist uh who is called Sati. Um you'll be able to find her on Twitter i am sati s a t i. Um she's a wonderful beautiful soul. Um she is an incredible illustrator designer artist uh and um has a wonderful collection called TV obsession which i've known for um many years now. I say many years, two. <laughs> but i've been able to follow it feels like many years. Um, and, uh, yeah, she, I'm really, really looking forward to uh, to introducing you all to Sati and giving you an overview of her story. Also, Jake, thanks so much for coming out this evening. Um, I'm going to play us out with a little bit of music. Uh, and I have chosen uh, George Baker selection and Little Green Bag. So, everyone, GM, thanks for coming. Have a five-minute bop to this music. And then, uh, yeah, I'll catch you all uh, again very soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. This is Audio Galleries, Conversations.